ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, April 29th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, whole true, great taste only, 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Also, you can find me on social media, if that's easier for you. At Paul Swan is where I'm at on Twitter. And, of course, if you would do us a favor, Follow me on Facebook, The Drive with Paul Swan. Really would appreciate that. That's where we update these. Well, we update every day. We post the podcast there. We also, when we have guests, we post all that information there. So that's a great place to start if you want to keep up with me and the show. So where do we start today? And, of course, the NCAA, All of this that's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that's going on, the NCAA continues. And if you haven't heard by now, the Board of Governors supported rule changes to allow student athletes to receive compensation from third-party endorsements, both related to and separate from athletics. Now, it also supports compensation for other student-athletes the opportunities they they might get, such as social media, businesses they have started, and personal appearances within the guiding principles originally outlined by the board in October. This is the NCAA. Now, student-athletes will be permitted to identify themselves by sport and school, the use of conference and school logos, trademarks, or other involvement would not be allowed. The board emphasized that at no point should a university or college pay student athletes for name, image, and likeness activity. So the school's not paying. Now, if I want to go out and contract with a student athlete, I would be responsible for paying that student athlete is what I'm understanding this to be. Boy, this is going to be a nightmare. So again, if I want to hire one of these student athletes, I can hire them. They can be my spokesperson. If I understand this, if I'm getting this correctly here, I can bring them on board and say, okay, this is going to be my sports person. And they can identify themselves. For example, let's just say he was our intern here a few months ago, Jansen Williams. If I want Jansen Williams to, to be my spokesperson, if I understand this correctly, he can identify himself as Jansen Williams because that's who he is. And he can identify himself as Jansen Williams, Marshall basketball player, and he's identifying himself by sport and school. But other than that, I can't – now, for me, for radio, you know, we're not using logos here, but that's it. He can identify himself He's Marshall basketball player Jansen Williams here for, I don't know, insert product here. So I'm getting that. I understand that. And, okay, that's fair because his fame and his notoriety is what I'm looking for here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take advantage. I'm trying to capitalize on that. I'm trying to 
grow my product by using his celebrity. Okay, so they can they can take advantage of their celebrity because they play basketball, they play football, they're sort of stars. Now, how much value does that have depends on the sport, depends on the student athlete. For example, I don't know if anyone's calling up someone on the track team and saying, hey, I want to take advantage of your likeness and your celebrity. So we're looking at football, basketball. Any other sport possibility? But those are our primary sports here. If I, if, again, if I understand this, and the devil, as you've heard, is in the details on this. Now, the board's recommendations will move to the rules-making structure in each of the NCAA's three divisions for further consideration. So there's where we begin to not have just a flat rule here because we've got to go to the NCAA's three divisions. And the divisions are expected to adopt new name, image, and likeness rules by January. And that'll take start of the 2021-22 academic year. So here's where I'm trying to figure all of this out. What the board is requiring, they're trying to figure out how to make this work. At the same time, they're requiring, according to the report, I was reading on the NCAA, requiring guardrails around any future name, image, and likeness activities. These would include no name, image, and likeness activities that would be considered pay-for-play, no school or conference involvement, no use of name, image, and likeness for recruiting by schools or boosters, and the regulation of agents and advisors. So again, they require guardrails around future name, image, and likeness activities. No name, image, and likeness activities that would be considered pay-for-play, no school or conference involvement, no use of name, image, and likeness for recruiting by school or boosters, and the regulation of agents and advisors. Because here's where it gets sticky, I think. Some schools are wealthier than others when it comes to their boosters. Some schools have boosters with deep pockets. Some schools have boosters that love opening up their deep pockets. And they love waving around what's in their deep pockets. And they freely give that money because they are a booster and they're excited that their school is taking their money and they're getting the perks for it. And they hope that their money leads to some wins. They're boosters. That's what they do. What's to say? What's to say, hey, I, I'm a booster and I get this car dealership. Yeah, I don't know how this is all going to work because what is going to separate boosters from legitimate business transactions? That's the question. What is going to be the new rule? What's going to be the landscape? What's going to be separation of boosters? Because let's be honest. Boosters can get you in trouble quicker than anything because they operate outside of the norm. They also, whatever they do, can fall back on the university, can fall back on the athletic department. Because the athletic department, even though they didn't initiate it, would be benefiting from the student-athlete. 
And so that's where we get into some problems here. I don't know how this is. Um, I don't know how this is all going to play. I'm kind of curious to see what has to happen to make all of this work, protect everyone involved. At the same time, the NCAA is benefiting financially from this. That's a given. The NCAA benefits, but how does Marshall benefit? How does Alabama benefit? How do schools that are on higher financial planes of existence here are going to benefit compared to others? Does this make it more challenging now? If you're Marshall University, does this make it more challenging to go out and to compete for dollars? Because that's what you're doing. You're competing for dollars. Here you have this, let's say you got this five-star recruit come in, Doc just knocked it out of the park, and he got this five-star recruit to come in. And all of a sudden, this star, he's on the field, fantastic game, great game. And then the next game, and all of a sudden, this five-star recruit is everything that we hoped he would be, and we're talking about him, and he's, he's big man on campus. And so... I want to take advantage of that. Of course I do. I'm going to contract with him. He can be a spokesman. He can be a spokesman for my taco stand. That's right, Paul's taco stand. I need endorsements. I need celebrity appearances. And so my taco stand, I could go get this five-star recruit. I could contract with him. Right? I mean, I've already got Jansen Williams in my back pocket, right? Right? Because, you know, after all, I can... I can contract with him now. So I've already got him. I need a football player now. By the way, if I did have a taco stand, I would contract Jansen Williams. Jansen would be my guy. I could sell tacos with Jansen Williams. If this all goes through and I'm able to pay him, he would be my spokesman for my taco stand. And so, but I need a football player now. And so is this how that works? But what if I wanted to associate with just the player? Not the university. I want the fame of the player. I want his celebrity. I want his moment. I want that. I want him. I want him endorsing my product. And so I'm going to contract with him. But I'm not contracting with Marshall. Marshall's not getting anything out of this. Now, I'm taking advantage of the fact that this athlete from Marshall University from football, big man on campus, everybody's talking about him. I'm, I'm taking advantage of the situation by entering into a business contract because I want to be associated with this young man. But I can't use university marks, and that's fine. Can't use conference marks, and that's fine. But that doesn't matter anyway because I've got on my roster, endorsing my taco stand, I've got the – Hottest player on the team. And I've got Jansen Williams on the basketball team as well. You know what? Maybe I get Tavion Kinsey too. I've got Jansen. i got Tavion Kinsey. I'm paying those guys. You know, I'm not giving Marshall any money. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a sponsor of Marshall University Athletic. I'm going to be a sponsor of Tavion Kinsey. Or I'm going to be a sponsor of Jared West. I'm going to be a sponsor of Iron Bennett. I'm going to be a sponsor of these guys. and They're going to provide me 
with their image and their likeness, and I'm going to take advantage of that because I'm, I'm able to go directly to them now, and we're going to sell a lot of tacos. That's how I'm understanding it. I could be wrong, but that's how I'm understanding it. So I'm going to be able to start my taco stand, and I'm going to have some of the best pitchmen possible. But I'm not associating with the herd. I'm associating with those student-athletes. The student-athletes are getting paid from me. They're not getting paid from the university. I'm not contracting with the university. I'm contracting with the players. And so I'm kind of curious how this is all going to work. Now, I could be completely offhand here and not know that I can't use those guys for my taco stand. These are things that we're going to have to, once we get down to what is going to be in place, how it works, there's got to be sort of clearinghouse for this, sort of a how do you do this? How do you go about this? Is there going to be a department in which, or is this going to be dependent on the student athlete to make his or her own deals, have something in place? This is the process. I mean, will the NCAA be a broker in the middle of this? Probably not. Doesn't seem like that. Will there be sort of that middleman? How does that work? Because I'm not just going to hand my money over to the athlete, or am I? Is that going to how? Is that how it works? I'm going to enter contract with them, and we'll have to see if the contract's legal and, and make sure it doesn't infringe on anything. And that's that's where we're at right now. And how do we determine that an employer, someone who's taking advantage of this young man's likeness, how do we know they're not a booster? But it, it all comes down to I think Marshall's going to be in competition with these athletes and schools across the country are going to be in competition with their student athletes now, because, you know, I want to associate with the herd. Yeah. I'm going to spend money with the herd. I'm associating with the herd. I'm a proud sponsor of the herd. You see that on commercials all across TV with that logo, proud sponsor of the herd, because somebody has paid for that distinction. They want that association. But what if I can't be the car dealership of the herd? What do I do? Well, I could go get Tavion Kinsey. He could be my spokesperson, right? Hey, this is Tavion Kinsey, Marshall basketball player, coming down to Paul's car shop. I'm going to stick with the taco stand, though. The taco stand's where it's at. Think about this. What does this truly mean? And we're going to learn more about it and I feel like I'm going to have to go to school on this just because there are so many challenges here. There are so many rules that need to be redirected. There are so many things that we're going to have to understand because we want to make sure that I'm doing it right and they're doing it right. I don't think you're just going to turn them loose and say, okay, here you go, young man. You're free to go. Contract with anybody here. Don't use our logo. Don't use the conference logo. We're not going to handle the money. It's all you. Go forth, young man. Go forth, young woman. Take advantage of this. I don't think that's how it's going to work. So how's Conference USA and the other leagues going to deal with Media Day? Well, they might look to the Mountain West for the example. We'll talk about that and more when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. 
you know, we get to the point of the year where we start planning on college football. And that means league meetings. And that means league media days. And that means an opportunity to sort of whet your appetite, talk to your favorite coach, find out what's in store for the upcoming season. Leagues have been doing this for years. Of course, Conference USA, it's a little different in Conference USA since everything's so far flung. And so the league has their meetings in Texas, which means it's sort of difficult sometimes for outlets, media outlets, newspapers, send reporters, send personnel to cover it. So we sort of depend on those television broadcasts, those quick 10-minute interviews that you see with Doc, a couple of players maybe, just talking about, hey, what do you expect for the upcoming season? But the Mountain West is taking it one step further, maybe two or three. So what they're doing is they're going to move their football media days, which were scheduled for July. It's going to be to a virtual program on a date, which they're going to determine later on. The format, they say, is going to provide the opportunity for the promotion of a broader range of student-athletes while also allowing media to participate who otherwise would not have been able to attend the event in person. This has got me interested. My interest is peaked because... This is something you should have been doing all along. Because it's media days, you should make it as media-friendly as possible. I mean, gone are the days of, at least when you're in Conference USA and some of the other group of fives, you're not going to have this massive event where hordes of media are going to descend upon your media days. Now, if you are having your media day and it is coinciding somewhere geography-wise with another conference that's in the neighborhood, you might get a little crossover. But I think league should have been doing this a little sooner. And this is going to be interesting to watch because the Mountain West could use all the media attention it can get. And especially if you're in that situation where you're in one of the smaller conferences or you don't have the exposure. You need everything you possibly can get. And let's be honest. Do you think coaches really enjoy going to media day? Do you think coaches enjoy media? Some do, some don't. Some are in between. Do you really think that – I'm not going to name names. But do you think certain coaches wake up and go, oh, boy, I have to go to media day. I'm excited. Do you really think that happens? Do you believe in your heart that most coaches wake up and go, all right, it's media day. Let's go talk to the media. No, none of that. And again, this might be something Conference USA could look at this and go, you know what? Instead of having this media event, we could save some money here, save some travel dollars. Instead of having this event, we will have this maybe virtual event because you're going to get the same information unless you're fortunate your organization can send you to cover media day. What are you going to get? And really, when you're in a league like Conference USA, let's be honest. Do you think you think the Huntington media is interested in what's happening with UTSA? Do you think the media in San Antonio interested for the most part in what's happening in Huntington 
or Bowling Green, Kentucky, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, do you think, okay, hey, I'm going to go cover all of these Conference USA schools? No, it's basically you're kind of interested in sort of an overview of what the league's going to look like here, but you know, you're talking to your guy. You're talking to your your beat mostly, and it's okay. You do get some other stuff, some pearls from from other coaches and other players. And if you're doing a uh, a package or if you're doing a feature on what's coming up in the league, you might take advantage of that stuff. But for the most part, really, you could probably get as much, if not more, out of the virtual media days. And that's going to be the thing. I mean, you see North Texas is doing virtual coaches tours right now. And I know once we get back to a point in time where it's okay to gather in larger groups and it's okay to do this, coaches' caravans are coming back, right? These are fundraising events. Media days are not fundraising events. And so if unless you're the SEC and everybody wants to talk to everybody, I don't think people are lining up to go to Conference USA or Mountain West Media Day. So this might represent something that's pretty in, interesting. I, I might watch it a little bit just to see how they handle it. And that's the thing. I'm watching a lot of things right now because I'm curious how they're going about it. The NFL draft, for example, I was curious how they would go about it. And let's be honest, Roger Goodell scored big points. He was professional, but likable, personable, had good interaction virtually, but he had great interaction really with players when he could, fans. He didn't take himself seriously. He also made sure that we understood that the league knows what we're dealing with right now. It was a COVID-19, a coronavirus fundraiser, and I think the league did a great job. You might argue with what the coverage looked like and that there were too many talking heads, and yeah, I know you might have some issue with the way ESPN handled a few things. I mean, after all, some of the things they put on those graphics, I really didn't know and need to know, and of course... ESPN trying to add some flavor to the story of the young man who was just drafted, trying to find a way to spice it up a little bit. Not necessarily, I don't think they necessarily went and go, okay, hey, this is interesting. Mother is recovering from drug addiction. Let's go ahead and put that there. I don't think they were intentionally, because that would be an intent. I don't think the intent was there. I think it was just carelessness, to be honest. Just a flat-out mistake. Hey, let's put out there this young man's business. That his mom's had problems with drug addiction. She's better now, but she had problems. I don't think that they were thinking in that that sense. They were, hey, you know, this young man, he's, he's come from a tough background. His mom has battled drug addiction, and, and she's recovered. And, and they were thinking, oh, that's going to be a great story. So... I think we learned a lot from the NFL draft. I'm curious how the NBA draft, if it has to go through something similar, will look like, and that's going to be a ways off. The NHL draft, I'm curious how that might look. But again, the NFL had the blessing that their season's over 
everything was in place to have the draft. The only thing that changed was the distribution, the location. It came from our living rooms and our basements. And I tell you what, for a let's get this put together real quick event, we're all doing it from home, I think they did a good job. I think they did a good job. And I can't wait to see what the NHL and the other leagues are doing because they're trying to formulate plans. And there are so many plans. We could talk about it right now, but there are so many plans. I mean, baseball is trying to put together a plan. And we'll talk a little bit about it when we come back from break. We could see three divisions based on geography. How about that? Not these arbitrary divisions, but let's just put some geography in this. And that means... Pittsburgh's going to be in the East. Cincinnati's going to be a central team. They're going to play the central teams in that 10-team league, and the Pirates are going to play the 10 teams, them included, be 10 teams in the East. So you're going to be seeing the Mets, the Yankees. You're going to be seeing Philadelphia. You're going to be seeing those teams a little bit more. I'm actually all right with that. I'm okay with that. See See the Pirates play the Yankees and the Mets more? Okay, I'm cool with that. You definitely would see the Reds play the Cubs more. You get that, trust me. We'll talk about that plan when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So with states relaxing guidelines and even the federal response to easing up restrictions, there's that glimmer of hope for a lot of people that we'll probably get some sports going again. How realistic all of this is, I don't know. But there is a plan. They have a plan. Or at least they're working on a plan. And that's Major League Baseball. The officials of Major League Baseball have been trying to come up with all kinds of ways to possibly have this season. There's been talk of playing in Arizona, quarantining in Arizona. Everybody goes and lives in a bubble, and then we could have baseball on TV. And now there's some talk here that maybe, and just maybe, you could see baseball no later than July 2nd, just in time for Independence Day, right? Just in time. Fourth of July, we got baseball. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. If we had baseball, I'd love it right now. We'd have games on the radio. We could all sit back and relax and, and listen to the national pastime. And so July 2nd, we could see baseball. And we could be looking at at least 100 regular season games. Of course, this is still under wraps right now. This is one of those typical sources reveal stories, but... The plan here is to play in Major League ballparks. No fans. Sorry. You're going to have to watch the game. You're going to have to listen to the game, but you can't go to the game. So, sorry, no dollar dogs. Can't get that ballpark peanut and cold beer and soda. No, you can't get the ba- you can't get the baseball experience. But you can sit back at home. Because I'm sure your local carryout will be open. So you can go and get yourself a 12-pack and get you some peanuts and watch the game. Or you know what you could do? You could go out on your porch if it's a beautiful day, take your radio, and you can listen to the game right here. I mean, you got options here. And so Major League Baseball, they're trying to put this together where you would have baseball at the home ballpark 
of each team, no fans. So you would have minimum support staff, I'm sure. Will the media be allowed to go? Will media members want to go? I mean, will there be precautions, safety measures? I mean, they're going to let the media outside of television in. They're going to let the reporters in. I mean, you're going to limit beat reporters? Like, okay, sorry, one per publication, depending on the size of the market. I mean, that could be it. Like, hey, look, sorry, one, that's it. Video footage, you have a pool feed instead of having guys that are in the locker room afterwards trying to get interviews? I mean, do you do that? Because have you seen a media scrum? Just go back and watch the last dance. That's what it looks like, kids. We roll in. We elbow each other. We try to get our microphones in there. We're all crowding up. Trust me, that's a Petri dish for COVID-19 right there. Media scrum, that's a Petri dish for it. Somebody will get infected that week if it's not uh, you know, under control. So you might have to see media scrums like that go away. But that's a little that's a little stuff. I'm talking a little stuff here. This is the big stuff here. It's a three-division plan, 10-team plan, three-division, 10-team plan, in which teams play only within their division. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. And it doesn't matter if you're an American League team or you're a National League team. It doesn't matter. The leagues and everything is aligned based on geography. So if medical experts, and hopefully we're talking medical experts here, they approve this and figure out how to make it work. And, of course, there's got to be plenty of testing, 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 testing. That's the big story. This stuff doesn't fly without testing. The pros can do this, though. The pros can do this. They'll have the resources and the money. They can do this. One entity, the league, spearheading this, coordinating this. There's not one entity when it comes to college athletics. There are multiple entities. The NCAA is not going to spearhead this. The conferences, the individual schools, the individual states. But if this could fly, you could reduce travel immensely and you could still have baseball. And so here's what, and I think these are pretty, pretty good regions, to be honest with you. So here's the possible realignment. In the East, you could have the New York Yankees and the Mets. Obviously, you want to keep them together because travel's going to be easy there. You've got the Boston Red Sox. Again, travel's going to be easy there. Washington Nationals, still in the same region. Okay, you can make that work. Baltimore Orioles, yep. All right, it's pretty good so far. Philadelphia Phillies, Pittsburgh Pirates, yeah. Okay, this is all good. This is going to be easy to get to. The Toronto Blue Jays. All right, yep, that's pretty good. That's easy there. And then you got to throw in Tampa and Miami. All right, got to travel a little bit more there. But other than that, that's a pretty solid 10-team group. That's pretty good. Geography makes sense. And all of a sudden, you've got old rivals and you've got new matchups here. The Phillies taking on the Yankees on a regular basis. That's pretty cool. Okay, in the West, here's what you got. The Dodgers and the Angels. 
All right, perfect, makes sense. Yep, San Francisco Giants, again, yep, makes sense. Oakland, yep. San Diego Padres, yep. Gather Arizona in, okay, that's perfect. Colorado, right there, okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty smart. Texas, yeah, Texas isn't exactly, yeah, they could go either way. Yeah, te- Texas, throw them in there. Houston, Seattle, all right, that's pretty solid. The West looks good. And then you got the Central. The Cubs and the White Sox, that's going to be golden. And then you've got the Milwaukee Brewers, the Cardinals, the Kansas City Royals, the Reds, the Indians, the Twins in Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. Major League Baseball, you should keep it this way all the time. I'm serious. This should be the divisions. Three 10-team divisions. This should be it. Because if the Reds played all these teams, I would be interested. Playing the White Sox? Sure. Okay. Sure. It's better than playing the Cubs. Oh, you got the Cubs too? Okay. I don't like them, but that's just my problem. So the Brewers, this all makes sense, division-wise. Now, are they going to have to, though, have spring training? Are they going to maybe do spring training in their own facilities? That being Grapefruit League, Cactus League, a few days and weeks of that, getting that prepped and ready to go? We don't know yet, but I think this is a brilliant look at how you do this. I don't know if you could do this in the NHL as well, because you got the situation of the NHL, you're trying to fish, finish the regular season. You want to finish the regular season, and then you got the playoffs. And really, the victory is getting to the playoffs if you're the NHL and the NBA as well. I think this is this makes sense. I like this. The geography works for me. Three 10-team divisions? Sign me up. I'm actually pretty interested in that. More on the way. That's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are wrapping up today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. So what are we going to do with the impending upcoming season? What are we going to do? We don't know yet. And we're getting to that point where, yes, states are starting to ease restrictions and we're starting to open back up. And without really knowing what that's going to look like, there's still a lot of uncertainty right now. And keep this in mind. Just because West Virginia is going to open up, And just because a couple other states might be opening up, that might not be the case across the college football landscape. That might not be the case. We could have scenarios in which schools are pushed back a few weeks. We could have scenarios in which schools are going to continue distance learning. We could have all of that. And the question here is, what do you do if you can play You've got the green light. you got the go-ahead. You know what? Go forth and play football. You can play. You're allowed to. Your school is allowed to play. Your state is allowed to do this. Uh, What if someone on your schedule can't? So that's going to be another issue 
that we're going to have to deal with because you could see reduced schedules. You could see a reimagining of the schedule. What if Marshall was getting ready to play Western Kentucky, but Western Kentucky can't play the football game because they're not allowed back or their students aren't in school? What happens there? Is that just an automatic, okay, moving on? I mean, does that work both ways? It doesn't matter which school is hosting. Does that work both ways? So if a school is allowed to host and say another school is not allowed to have football, are they America's guest? Are they on the road perpetually? What happens here? That's going to be the next question that we're going to have to figure out as far as if everybody is opening up on the same timetable or different timetable. And to be honest with you, it's going to be a different timetable because you can't guarantee one state's going to be in a better position than the other. We could also have a second wave. All of this is going to be the next question is, what do you do if only half of your conference membership can come or a third have to stay home? What do you do? These, of course, will be questions we continue to ask ourselves as we carry on. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Hope to have you back here tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Until then, good night, everyone. 